gentlemen, NBs, they are back at it again. That's right. It's the Eat, Sleep, Elite, Repeat podcast, your weekly AW review and breakdown. This is my good buddy, Charlie. I am the Digital Duke, also known as the Digital Phantom, also known as the Duke of Derps. How's everybody doing today? Especially you, my good brother, 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 brother. Headshot. Doing just wonderful. And holy shit, I think we literally have a pay-per-view on Dynamite next week. I mean, that's what TK is saying. And you know, TK never exaggerates anything. He's never been known to use hyperbole in his life, Charlie. He has never, never. exaggerated anything. Everything he says is 100% literal. To a fucking T. All right, anyway. <laughs> uh, he's like Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. He has no sarcasm. He, he doesn't understand you. You. He is literally only... A, he's a fucking cyborg. Anyway. Um... I don't know why the fuck the energy is so high. It's already, but how is everybody doing today? We are back at it again, like I said, with more wrestling content for you because that's all we fucking do. Because, well, I actually, actually, I shouldn't say that's all you do. That's all I fucking do. But, um, because, you know, I, I have no, uh, I have nothing else to do with my life. No, because I have fucking, <laughs> I have a bunch of free time. So I just watch a lot of wrestling. You know what I mean? And I try to like consume a bunch of content. You know what I don't do anymore, Charlie, which is really interesting. I don't know if you've uh, stopped doing this at all. I used to watch a lot of content like surrounding wrestling, like other shows related to wrestling. And like, I, ch- I tend not to do that as much anymore when I form my own opinions. I don't know if that's like just a me thing. I, mean, I, 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 I did watch uh, one of them and that was Grapsity and that is, uh, you know, moving on. Ooh, that's and, relevant. That's relevant for yeah. today. Ooh, now okay. we got just uh, Phil and Reg taking the lead there. So we'll, we'll dive into a little bit more of that. But that well, was our, 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 our boy Reg hey, getting a fucking getting the nod. No, he's already there. You know I mean, like getting getting the fucking bump. You know what I mean? Maybe he'll fucking be the fucking star now. Make fucking we're, we're, we're team Reg. Reg. Anyway, um, Ricky. Anyway, um, all right. So yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're gonna get to our favorites and stuff like that in a second. Before we do that, though, there's a couple ordered bid nets to take, the, take care of at the top of the episode. Will I ever get through this fucking intro without stumbling, Charlie? God damn. Anyway, um. <laughs> But yeah, so before before we get into the rest of the podcast and spreading that positivity like we'd like to do in the IWC, uh, if you have never listened to this podcast before, this might be the first time, then you can follow us both on Twitter as well as the podcast on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke, that's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E, and you can follow Charlie at O-Charlie with an X instead of an A. And you can follow the podcast at Eat Sleep Elite. And, you know, we'll always hit you with a follow back. We're trying to build a community of people over there on the Twitter. And make sure whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on, be that Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora. Um, I, I've actually looked this up the other day. We're on some other random podcast websites that I've never even heard of. So they must just be re-uploading our podcast from the RSS feed or something like that. Either way, um, you know. Make sure you follow it or subscribe or whatever the button happens to be on that platform of choosing so that you never miss an episode of this podcast or a mini or anything like that. We actually just recently did a mini of our all uh, all in uh, fantasy book. I think it was, or sorry. No, we did our draft and then we did the all in fantasy book right before like a couple weeks before that. So there's actually a couple of really good like evergreen minis that you can go back and watch. And there's also some all in, uh, sorry, all in, like double or nothing. We've done some other, we've done some fantasy booking. We did the draft. I think the draft is one of the best like minis we've done, Charlie. I don't know about you. That one was really fun. That, that like, was a lot of fun. Dang. Our rosters at the end of it looked insane. And we did and there was like the so depth. many free agents. Like, it oh my really goodness. Showed like, the depth that AEW has and a reason, you know, five hours of television is gonna be fine. Absolutely, hundred percent. Like even if you genuinely had to split the rosters like a hard split, which I don't think is gonna happen, but I say it was like a super hard split, there's enough talent there to do it, which is kind of insane, you know, like Yeah. Um anyway. 
So yeah, let's get into the show, Charlie. Um, you know, uh, I didn't have any like normally I have like something at the top of the show. I mean, I, I mentioned not really watching wrestling stuff anymore, but that's not really like a full on topic. Normally, I have something I like to start the show with, but I, I got nothing this week. I guess I fucking brain farted. I didn't think all week. I was just, <laughs> I was just, I was just. Ha- the week happened, and then I, I'm just, I guess I was in a in a fucking daze. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, let's get right into it. Uh, I have the bump this week, so I'm gonna go ahead and start with my favorite this week, which was Orange Cassidy, Bandito, Adam Cole, Roddy Piper, uh, Roddy Piper. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> I'm transported to another fucking dimension. All right. Anyway, uh, Roderick Strong. I haven't written as Roddy in my notes. Why I'm fucking it up? But anyway, um, all right. I'm I'm gonna, everyone's gonna like turn the podcast off after like thirty seconds because I'm just screaming at them. All right. Um, yeah. So this was a really fun match. Um, it was JS. Yeah, sorry, they were against uh, the JS's uh, Jake Hager, Matt Menard, Angela, uh, cool, uh, cool hand, Angela Parker, and Daniel Garcia the Rizzler. All right. Um, yeah. So I like that Roddy started it off, started off the match. Uh, it was good because, you know, obviously everyone was just wanting to see his debut and was like, nope, going straight for it. You know what I mean? Good shit. You know what I mean? I like that. You know what I mean? Um, plus, there's like multiple people in this match that I obviously want to see him mix it up with. I mean, let's just stay like, out of this match. I would like to see him take on Jake Hager because I think that'd be a fun match. But Daniel Garcia versus uh, Roderick Strong, that's a fucking pay-per-view match if I ever fucking easily booked one. You know what I mean? Like, um, especially with like, a, especially, I mean, hear me out. I don't. You know, I don't know what's going to happen next week, Charlie. But if he beats Orange Cassidy for that title, that'd be a fucking really good match to book at pay per view. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, and if he's going to be in a tag team with Bandito, that might be the right thing to do. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Anyway, um, so <clears throat> uh, there, there might be some uh, reason why I said that this week. Um, so yeah, uh, we had like a Frogger reference in this match. It was kind of all over the place. Like as far as tag team matches in AEW go, some of them were a little bit more. I don't know what the word is here. Like, could you maybe find it? Like, they're a lot more like this one didn't really, it was one of those ones. The pace kind of got away from it a little bit after a while. Like it started it off a little polished. slow, but then it went like, and it was like shot out of a gun. You know what I mean? So it was, it worked. I think uh, OC big, sold his fucking yeah. ass off. Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say, I think the big moment of this match was the Roderick strong getting his hot tag. And that, yep. that I think was the centerpiece of this match and what they really built it around. And Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I actually literally have that in my notes. So that's so the next thing I have after talking about Orange Cassidy being an absolute freak when it comes to selling, of course. You know what I mean? Of course. Um, we talk about that all the time. Um, and his actual sequence, he actually, I, I liked, really liked the Roddy Hot Tag sequence, but I also really liked Orange Cassidy's sequence where it led up to hitting the beach break. Um, that was a really good sequence uh, that he said. I don't have anything written down that he actually did in it, but I remember really liking that. Uh, Adam Cole laid the boom, which was what they picked up the win with. And uh, I, in my notes, I put the boom laid, J-A-S slayed. So, you know, take that for what you will. I, I have no creativity, apparently. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's a really fun match. Great opening to the show. Uh, I'm really yep. happy to have Roderick Strong in AEW, man. Like, it's AEW, we have Adam right? Cole back. We got Roderick Strong. Exactly. We just need Kyle O'Reilly back now. And we've got the holy trinity of darkness. You know what I mean? Literally. But I mean, this is something that we go on and on about every week. AEW opening with a fun match. You can always rely on if you want to flip AEW on at 8 o'clock, 5 o'clock, wherever the hell you are, 3 a.m., you could know that that first match is going to be fun. It's going to set the pace for the show. Sometimes it steals the show. <laughs> it was your favorite. So, you know, it's like it, it. we're just in a very fun spot. I think this was, uh, by all counts, it really highlighted the the four baby faces here. Adam yep. Cole, Roddy, Bandito, and Orange Cassidy all look good. I'm really a fan of Bandito joining the best friends. 
Yeah, that's a great pull for I, Tony I, Khan. Not I, I imagine that was a plan of his, and he just yep. wanted to wait until the it's right time. It's not timing. something I would have pictured, but now that we have it, I'm in all the way. And, and I don't know if I would have pictured them being involved, even those two, or Orange Cassidy being involved with this feud with the JAS, because, you know, obviously his feud with Jericho was from a couple of years ago now, you know what I mean? So, but, and especially because Adam Cole and him recently feuded, but that almost makes it make more sense. And then you take the Bandito, hasn't really been used, but also has issues with Jericho. It all kind of plays together really nicely. You know what I mean? Like, And what's nice about Bandito is you can tell that they were waiting for him to get back because yep. the minute they got that visa clearance, Bandito has not missed a single week. And Absolutely. now he's about to get another championship match. <laughs> oh my God, dude. This I think is so they were great. waiting on him to so say the good. least. It's but so yeah, good. Like, yeah, You absolutely. said it best. Fun opener. I'm very, very. I mean, it still feels a little bit like a fever dream that Roderick Strong's in. Again, it, it still doesn't feel real. You saw it live, and you still can't believe it. that. Tells me everything I need to know, right yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, and like... uh, the fever dream doesn't end here because we're jumping all the way from my favorite to the very end of Rampage. Yeah, this was a literal fever dream. Yeah, um, shit. The firm. Deletion I don't even know how to talk match. about this match. No, uh, the Hardy Boys, Hook, and Isaiah Cassidy defeated Ethan Page, Big Bill, Stokely Hathaway, and Lee Moriarty. There were so many funny little moments here. I think my favorite bits were had to do with Stokely. Uh, Tony Khan, you will pay for your sins. Uh, was one he of the said lines. Tony Khan will pay for his crimes. Will pay for his crimes. Uh, <laughs> him getting beat up by a Rebbe and the kids uh, was a pretty good. He had the uh, the golf cart spot. Yeah, the, the, the barrel, the, or like the barrel roll out of the way of the golf cart. That was so, great. Yeah, just a lot of fun. I thought Big Bill looked like a whole lot of fun in this. No, he looked like a monster, dude. His, like 30 seconds at the beginning of this match where they're out in like the yard, whatever, next to the trees. He was killing people. He's killing people. When he's getting choked out with the branch, he's just having fun selling the shit out of it. Uh, Lee Moriarty hitting his dance. Isaiah Cassidy moaning. This was the first Hardy cinematic match where they actually felt like the fighting. I felt like they went for this in TNA, but it just didn't get across in the editing. Maybe they went for a more comedic feel. This still had comedy to it, but it felt like the damage that was being done in the match was still like, it felt like it actually had impact, you know? And I thought, I thought every single, all the eight people in this had a fun little spot, had fun individual shine. Um, Isaiah, I knew you'd come, and then he moans. Uh, that's instant classic to me. I always do, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I love this fucking team. I love the Hardys and and Private Party, and you know, and we got Hook in here. But you know, we've been asking for Hook to get involved in stuff, so why not put him in this? It worked for him. And yeah, I'm just I'm glad Hooks. I'm glad everyone's getting used here. And this was Hook's longest match ever, right? That has to be right. Oh yeah. And, you know, it took some time. He went around a few companies and here and there. But I'm very glad Stokely is finally getting this spotlight on national TV that he deserves. Because that man is fucking funny. He is Bro, he won me, he won me forever he with the fucking wing stop napkin shit. Like, what right? the fuck? I am so glad he's finally got this opportunity. Because he is crushing it. And I can't wait to see what he does more. And, look, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week. A lot of people have very differing opinions on the firm. I think they're doing exactly what they should be and their time will come. They're going to get more opportunities. Yeah. They have enough stars in that group that eventually they're going to have gold. Exactly. And I think this feud worked for everyone and it started on dark. And I, I, by the way, I love that. I had not to be pod Stradamus again. I love that. This is exactly how I hoped that this would end like three or four months ago when they first started this. You know what I mean? Just like a cinematic. Match. It was my it was my dream scenario. I don't remember. I, I talked about this on the pod. It was in a joking manner, but I was like, I hope this is what breaks Matt into being broken Matt. 
And we got there eventually. That was obviously the plan. I could see that, obviously. But what I was hoping was we would literally go as far what'd as to think? have a final deletion type think match. Because uh, he, he wants Coleman to do that. It's, it's, as the ref. it's what's do what? Caprice Coleman as the ref. <laughs> I mean, hey man, it was fucking. It sick. works, right? Yeah. Um. Now, brother Zay, how did you feel about the commentary over it? I don't think we needed it. I know why they did it, but I, I don't think we needed commentary. I'm glad they didn't talk much. I'll say it that. wasn't super intrusive. They they probably just had them look at what was happening. You know what I mean? I mean like, okay, here, just say some things. Here's time it for it did help to tell the story a little bit, I think. But how do you how do you feel? Do you think Brother Zay is actually gonna be his gimmick going forward? Are we gonna see? Uh, that would be cool. If the they silky? go full on into their like in the broken universe mode and like maybe just slowly turning his way toward Willow, because it seemed like with the lighting of the thing, that's what they it felt to me. I don't know about you, that's what I felt like they were getting out that he's may- he might be going the willow direction you know because that's what everyone wanted him to do anyway i really hope we get a w- willow run now that he's clean that'd be so sick you know what i mean like yeah so yeah this was fun this is i mean look this and i will acknowledge this right away this match this kind of match is not going to hit everyone someone might have watched this and they're listening right now and be like dude i thought that shit was horrible and you know what i could totally see that this is not for everyone but i'm glad we got it and yeah I'm I'm looking forward to what they do next, uh, especially with, you know, our trio of the Hardy Boys and Cassidy and, and Mark Quinn when he returns. Okay, so here we go. This is how we're going to do it now. So, guys, AW Dark's gone, right? Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But long story short, AW's not putting shows on their YouTube anymore. So the order of shows that we used to do with Duke hitting Elevation, I would hit Dark, and then we dive into the actual shows. Well, we're just going to have Ring of Honor fill that slot now, so it seems like the best way until we get Collision, because once we get Collision, you know, we'll just go Dynamite Rampage Collision, it'll be like that, it'll be fun. But, yeah, um, let's start off with our I have a question, I'm just going to throw something at you that I, this guy, this is a live throw in the side of the pot, so if he doesn't have, like, an immediate reaction, this is why, but... Here's an idea. Since we always did, one of us ran down Dark, one of us ran down Elevation, and we drafted for one each show already... Mm-hmm. What if we just both one ran down one show each week and then both talked about Rampage? We could. It it's just it would take a. I mean, it'd be it, a I'm lot just of saying time. we we're yeah. the one that just goes through the card. We don't have to actually exactly. Yeah, it's not like our dark and our dark reviews were never really that deep anyway. You know what I mean? It's just like who yeah, just to I, give the I, show I like a little bit of idea, bounce back. Actually. I don't know. It, we'll it talk. Could, we'll workshop this. I just work. threw that out there. It just randomly came to me while we we're sitting here. So I was like, yeah, let me just yeah, yeah. It could work. Um, it could. It also could be a disaster. Who so, knows? So, some news here. Um, I'm, I kind of got a little bit of an order we're going to go in. First, we're going to talk about some New Japan stuff. So, Wrestling Dantaku was this week. Uh, we watched that together with some fun stuff. And, yeah, I'm not going to go through too much of the uh, undercard here because it's the undercard in New Japan. So, they announced the Best of Super Juniors. And we will be kind of talking about that each week like we did last year. And that was fun last year, covering Wheeler Yuta and all that. And Okay, we open us up. Uh, New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. Haiku Leo defeats Kenta. Kenta is no longer champ. This match was not my favorite I've ever seen. Um, but it, it happened. It went to a time limit draw. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Jeff Cobb for the NJ, NJPW World Television Championship. That, that was fun. I love Zack Sabre Jr. as champion. And... This it it fits his style. It really does. The never open weight six man tag team championships. New champions: Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi defeat Strong Style. 
But what a powerhouse of a team. That's like, literally an shit. OP team. Um, it's That's like you literally team. have the, the – yeah. if you have like – what's the uh, – what game, the wrestling game that has all like the Japanese and the indie wrestlers in it? That, what do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Fire Pro Wrestling. That's like the Fire Pro Wrestling cheat team. Yeah, literally. It's something you put together to beat a challenge in a video game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Okada's first time ever that the belt he's holding is not the world championship. Pretty incredible. That will be fun to follow. Never open weight championship. Okay. David Finley defeats Tamatanga. So Tamatanga has been in the news this week. He's been wrestling without a contract. They, they ran a stretcher angle. Again, this match was nothing to write home about. So people are wondering, where's Tamatanga showing up? It If the hiring freeze is over, I'm guessing he's going to WWE. I don't know if he fits in AEW. I, I'm just being flat out honest. Look, I'm always open to being proven wrong. I didn't think Lance Archer necessarily fitted. So is that even a word fitted? Yeah, I guess it is. But uh, it just doesn't sound right. But I was proven wrong. Lance Archer fits here. So, yeah. I mean, Lance uh, Archer doesn't fit in many doors, probably. No. And then the uh, main event, which was an awesome, awesome fucking match. Sonata defeats Hiromu Takahashi. Sonata will be champion going into Dominion. and. Yeah, the everyone. Speaking of nice. video game matches, this is literally like you put your 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 light heavyweight champion against your heavyweight champion, and you just say "fuck it," let's see what happens. Send it in. Send it in. They got the roll, and it was good. After the match is over, he has returned. Yoda Suji, he has returned from excursion. He's kind of like AW has his four pillars. You know, we have our own four pillars, but in New Japan, the fans have dubbed the four future. Like the four pillars of the future for New Japan, and three of them have now returned from excursion. They're just waiting on Yuya Uramura and Yoda Suji's returned. This is fucking awesome. He's going right to the top of the card, which is what you want to do if because they know it. I mean, they know it. This is their guy. This is a future world this, champion. This stuff right here, him him facing the the. Junior heavyweight champion and now going on to face a big up-and-coming star is making Sonata's title reign feel so important, you know? I feel like Sonata's holding this thing to a Russell Kingdom. I feel like Sonata's going to be champion at Forbidden Door. Sonata versus Kenny at Forbidden Door? Yeah. Oh, man. You know, you just said that. You know where my brain goes? Sonata, Hangman, Page. Boom. He wanted a solo match for the he IWGP title match. last year. That would be a fucking banger. During the show, New Japan announced that John Moxley is returning to Japan. He will be wrestling New Japan Dominion. Um, we got a little more stuff from Dominion here. We're just hitting all the New Japan in a row. There's four little topics here. Uh, New Japan Dominion lineup so far. Here we go. Sonata defends against Yoda Suji for the World Heavyweight title. The never open weight title, David Finley defends against El Fantasmo, which I really think El Fantasmo could fit in Bullet Club Gold. IWGP tag team titles, Aussie Open defend against Evil and Yujiro Takahashi and Bishamon. New Japan World Television title, Zack Sabre Jr. defends against Jeff Cobb. And then they get the uh, the winner gets future title match, Lance Archer versus Hiroshi Tanahashi or Will Ospreay. Everyone kind of, I, I think it's safe to assume it's going to be Will Ospreay. Because they will run Will and Kenny at Forbidden Door. That's the way that this is all going. Okay. And we have our our card for New Japan Resurgence. Which, 
like Battle in the Valley, we will be covering Resurgence. There is multiple AEW talent on it, including John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino facing off against Okada, Ishii, and Rocky Romero. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Count me in. Okay. Uh, pre-show match. The way I've been Chris- referring to this as Mox's young boys. The, yeah, and I love that. I love that. Uh, Christopher Daniels versus Alex Coughlin. Bateman versus the DKC. And then we have the women's tournament. Uh, Willow Nightingale versus Momokogo. And Mercedes Monet versus Stephanie Vacour. We have Zack Sabre Jr. and Bad Dude Tito versus Barbro Cavanario and Virus. We have the street fight between Fred Rosser and Juice Robinson. And then Haiku Leo against Kenta. So... I got a question. Do you think at this point, while she's still over in Japan, do you think that that Tony Khan has sent out a feeler to Mercedes Monet at this point? Yes. Do you think? I, I think he he fully, if he ha- doesn't have it locked in, he desperately wants to get her at least on Forbidden Door. I think that's that's his first big goal. And then yeah, all right. I've asked you this like four times. Dream opponent for her at Forbidden Door besides Jamie Hader. Besides Jamie Hader, um, I'm going to say Athena right now. God, that'd be a hell of a match. Yeah, it would. Okay, some all-in stuff, right? Speaking of that, all-in. The the tickets are on sale now. You know, remember, they only scaled this thing for 40K is what people were trying to cope by saying. As proven very quickly, that was not the case. All-in, as of today, it might even be more now, uh, it has sold... Over 60,000 tickets, which is by far, with a fucking, by a long shot, the biggest AEW show we've ever had. Um, There are some record-breaking numbers that could end up hitting when this is all said and done. If we get updates each week, we'll we'll play it out, because I'm sure, you know, it's it's now become a phenomenon, which is what they were hoping for. And AEW has sold 60,000 tickets without announcing a single match, and without announcing CM Punk's return. So... Really good stuff for them. Like Mussolini. Imagine it's all going to be on the show. And yeah, I still think uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, speaking of all in, you know what? Let me let me just transition to this right now. I, I'm, I'm just saying, Charlie, like, you know, he says CM Punk's not returned yet. But, you know, I'm just saying that there's a big ass fucking match. That's obviously going to happen at double or nothing between BCC and, uh, and the elite. And I'm just saying the elite probably are going to win that match the way things are being booked, you know, like and uh you, you know, because they got to get that vengeance. And uh, uh, I, I'm just saying it would be a really, really, really shocking moment if right after they stabbed, you know, John Moxley in the eye, you know, if you just all yep. of a sudden. It would be pretty nuts. And so here we go. Speaking of all in now, uh, I've been doing a little research on this because, as we know, all in has not been announced as a pay-per-view. I got everyone like, huh, is it just misintended? No, no, no. They, they did this for a reason. So, AW Dark and Dark Elevation are no longer um, being done with AW. The reason being, AW signed a new exclusive, exclusivity, exclusivity deal. Did I say that right? Ex- I don't even know. Fuck it. You nailed it. Perfect. It looks That word looks horrible. Um, with Warner Bros. Discovery, right? So, they've locked this in, and it has to do with Collision. And Rampage, right? Rampage, all AEW content going forward has to be on Warner Bros. Discover programming. So now that now that we have that ground base understood, that leaves the question of, you know, what about All In? Two days ago, 
Warner Bros. Discovery put out their plans uh, for Max. They're talking more about Max. Max is the new big thing. It's not a coincidence this shit's gone while they're redoing Max. The fact that it all happens in the same week is not a coincidence. And the it wouldn't be surprising here, if they took all of the dark episodes that are on YouTube, took them down, and then re-uploaded them onto like YouTube channels wild. that are owned by HBO. You know what I mean? But or here's the or kicker. Um, maybe they own them already, but they take them completely off YouTube and then put them on Max. You know what I mean? Uh, David Zaslav, who is the CEO of Warner Bros. Discovery, he, he has disclosed this. We are a global leader in sports. We're a global leader in news. In a few months, we'll come back to you with details of our attack plan to use this information and differentiating live content to grow our streaming business even further. We've covered over and over. AEW is a one of the biggest TV shows, like cable shows for Warner Brothers. It is it is the big money maker. It's the big target. It's it's a weekly rating draw. You name it. All in is going to be on each. It's going to be on Max. I I feel very confident in it now. The fact that it's not a pay-per-view, the fact that they're announcing they want live sports and news, this thing's going to stream on Max. It's going to do – so many people are going to If they can get a live platform thing. like what WWE has with, with Peacock right now yep, or like they had with the network before, which I guess is still the network in some countries, you know what I mean? Like, um, like I th- – that would be huge. I I feel more confident now than ever that All In is going to be their first big show that streams on this. They'll probably stream, you know, some soccer on this or football, depending on wherever you live. And that'll be their first test runs. And then they're going to have the banners all like two, three weeks leading up to it. Live on Max. They're promoting Max. Uh, AW's promoted HBO so many fucking times. And this is where they get their big return. And yeah, um, that's all going to happen by August. And it's going to be fucking huge. So... Any any other thoughts you had had with that? And I mean, I'm just waiting for them to actually make some kind of announcement because I, I I would think if Tony was close to a streaming deal or not close, but like if he was going to lock in a streaming deal that he would even if it was was just allowing him to be on HBO Max. Obviously, if they haven't announced it on HBO's end, they can't, he can't just say. It. But I'm saying like once something is confirmed, he likes to tell us. So I'm just waiting for him to tell yeah, us. You know what I mean? It, it's it's now just counting down. The 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 beginning pieces have have fallen. And now that they've signed that new deal with them, again, this is not a new contract with them. It's just a new, it's an updated tier deal that kind of lets us know. Yeah, this is, it's only a matter of time at this point because, you know, when you fill out fucking Wembley stadium, people are going to look at that and be like, what the fuck is this? And it's going to get even more eyes. Last little bit here. Um, the future direction of rampage. What the fuck's going on with rampage, right? Now that dark and elevation are gone. Well, Dave Meltzer in this week's Wrestling Observer kind of noted that Rampage will turn into what Dark and Dark Elevation were, more to showcase younger talent. On the paper, I'm like, oh my god, that's a little terrifying. But when I'm when I realize when I reel it back, I'm like, okay, they're not going to do four enhancement squash matches. What he means are featuring younger talent in more storylines, essentially. Yes, it is the B show to the A show's collision and dynamite. But here's where you're going to go and you're, you know, you're, there's a chance your main event is, yeah, I'll just pick two guys that wrestle often. Daniel Garcia and Lee Moriarty, two younger guys. You'll still get your your natural, naturally limitless on there. You name it. But 
you know, we see storylines right now like Anna JAS and and uh, Julia Hart. Storylines more featuring younger. But did you talent. see them on Twitter the other day? By the way, I did. The hell? Is it just going back and forth? And they started trying to out sexy each other. It was crazy. Oh hell yeah! So so yeah. Um, I believe Rampage did like under three hundred k this past week. So uh, I think it was last Rampage, week's episode. Baby. So every you know. People are like, well, this just makes sense. But yeah, Rampage is their TNT show. We'll see where it goes from there. A- again, I'm open to whatever they want to try. We're going to have five hours of television. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, Chris Jericho to star in Country Hearts movie. Cool. Leva Bates uh, announces AEW departure. Her contract has expired. Uh, shout out Leva Bates. She's one of the OGs. She, she was one of the very first people signed to AEW. You know, the librarian, right? They were searching for a librarian, and her and Peter yeah. Avalon were the two. So, yeah, uh, wish her the best. And, um, yeah. Uh, hope, hope Are you are. a little shocked? Because like, she seemed like she was just, like, they always had something for her to do, but it was also she was being used in, like, weird spots. Like, you'd only ever see her for, like, the uh, press conferences because she'd, like, help with the mics and shit. Yeah, exactly. I feel like she had more of a backstage presence, which that, to me, is a little surprising. And, no, they're not the same position. But yes, AW has brought in someone new this week. A former wrestling podcast host, Will Washington, one of the first wrestling podcasters out there. He's been doing it since podcasts were a thing 18 years ago at RBR. He has joined AW as director of wrestling administration. Holy shit. That is so cool for him. Um, seriously, this guy knows his shit. Uh, one of my favorite bits that he would do is someone would ask him something that happened on this day raw 15 years ago, and he could recite exactly what happened without looking it up. He has a true mind for wrestling. He, he, one of his things is he'd always be pitching these storylines and I'd be thinking, my God, that's better than what we're getting. Lo and behold. And most notably, most recently, you remember this at our last pay-per-view revolution, right? MJF. Splashed a kid in the eyes with uh with some drink, alcohol, water, unsure. Kid was very upset. Who, and it was Will Washington, who went over there, calmed him down, got him all this free stuff, brought him backstage, and the kid ended up, before the end of that match, he's booing MJF. He's all into it. He's all excited. He's not crying. And, you know, I think that shows another level of what Will Washington's going to bring to AW. He's a dad. And on Grapsity, if you guys have ever listened to it, he is the dad of the show. Um, needless to say, I think this this is a very great hire. Um, some people have, uh, you know, we don't know the exact of what his uh, position entails. Uh, live events, social media, creative, PR. And yeah, I think this this to me shows, I think Tony saw the potential in this guy. And was like, you can help me. I think and Tony also just likes to work with like-minded people that, that, that want to do the same thing. Because like, what is AW beginnings? They, what were they doing in their first like three pay-per-views? They did a show for they did a show for what, what, what's the one they do every year? That's like the benefits people like they did the fight one that the was fallen? like yeah, fight with the fallen. They do that one every year, and they also do for that year they also did the um, well. I think that was the first time they did fight for the fallen. But yeah, I mean like you know they've always done stuff for like good causes. So it's. If if that's the kind of person that Will Will is, then absolutely it would make sense that Tony would wanna would want to work with that guy, you know? Yep. And I'm 
So I'm what I'm saying so is AEW is good people. You know, they don't have fucking Vince McMahon at the top. Exactly. It couldn't have put it better. Couldn't have put it better. Okay. I think it's time for some Ring of Honor. What do you think? Are you ready for some ROH Honor Club episode 10? Yeah, I'm keeping the tradition alive. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess, um, let's go back to back here. I'll, 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 t- I'll say the match and we kind of go give our thoughts on it. Back to back fucking, I got the fucking 1911. You got so, the fucking t- sawed off fucking going after the zombies. Let's go. Exactly. So, um, as always, it's an odd number first. We got the pure rules match. Rocky Romero versus Lee Moriarty. What'd you think of this one? Uh, not my favorite pure rules match, but I think the match they had inside of the pure rules was good. So I think maybe if this hadn't been pure rules, it maybe would have had a better match. But you know, I you know whatever. Um, that but Lee Moriarty is so fucking good; it doesn't matter. Like he could have like a literally he could have a great match with a paperback. We were like literally just like watching him like have these twenty minute fucking classics with just random people off the street and fucking PWG. You know, it was crazy. I think he pulled people out of the crowd and had five star matches at PWG. Uh, yeah, he is, I could see him being one of the like, cornerstones of this new Ring of Honor roster, and I hope, uh, I hope we see more of him, because this was a fun match. Okay, I, I got the uh, ROH Women's World Title Proving Our Match, Athena defeated, uh, Angelica Risk. This is your run-of-the-mill Athena match, she beat the shit out of her, she was laughing about it, and she calls out Sky Blue, uh, after the match, with the Skyfall, um, on the Risk for the title belt. Sky Blue's undefeated in Ring of Honor, this makes a lot of sense. I think this could be Sky Blue's best singles match by a mile. Um, I hope we get this match soon. And I think it's going to be fun. Would you want there to be an Athena title match on the um, Double or Nothing show? I would actually be down for that. Um, No, I don't want Ring of Honor titles on anymore. I think you're done with that. You're done with it. Not even once. It's Sky Blue's an AW talent, though. Come on. They're AW talent. I think we're just got to keep Ring of Honor titles separate. I think that is something that they needed to stop once Ring of Honor was on TV. Let let them do their own shows. But they might. I mean, Battle of the Bells is the exception, I think. But we'll see. Um, okay. Uh Ring of Honor World Television title match. Samoa Joe defeats Christopher Daniels. Uh Samoa Joe's tenth title defense. What do you think of this? Yeah, they're both, you know, pretty good wrestlers. They've been obviously doing this with each other for a long time now. Going back to the, you know, the TNA days and all that stuff. You know, like uh, Christopher Daniels is just like one of those super reliable talents. So like, you know, he doesn't, and I've talked about this for a while now. Maybe I'm just being an asshole because he's trying to play it up. Like how CM Punk does that. He's older, you know, he's not as fast. He doesn't recover as much anymore. Although with CM Punk, it's not actually a joke, obviously, but whatever, you know? Um, but like, as we've seen, but you know, um, yeah, no, I just think, um, Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels know each other well enough that, you know, I put standard TV title match. That might be a little bit harsh that I put in my notes there. What I really meant to say was that this wasn't anything spectacular, you know, like, um, but both of these guys are like super veterans, so you know they know exactly what to do. So, um, yeah, you know what I want though? I want some direction for Smojo. It feels like he's kind of spinning his wheels right now, you know? Yeah, that now that we're back at the tapings, which by the way we we don't cover this whatever happened at the tapings. That's not we're not going to talk about that because especially since we're talking about Ring of Honor as it comes. So, uh, yeah. So if you guys, some of you guys might be like, oh well, I already know so and so is doing so and so. It's like, yeah. That's right. We're going to save that just in case other people want to see it as is. Fourth match, I had Ring of Honor World Championship. Claudio Castagnoli defeated Robbie Eagles. Holy shit. Dude, I, I was I could not believe this was the match. I was so excited to see Robbie Eagles. Talk about unexpected. So I was there for this. This was the match that went on right before Dynamite starts. When I heard Robbie Eagles' music hit, I actually kind of like thought to myself, holy 
fuck. No way. This is someone I had been a fan for for a long time. Sniper of the Sky. Uh, he was one of my one of my early wrestling shirts. Like my first, I think, New Japan shirt was that was not Bullet Club. I should say was Robbie Eagles. I have this really sick gray shirt, and he's a really nice guy. And he, now he's featured on Ring of Honor here. It made me very happy. I thought this match was pretty good. That being said, it was a little too short, and I would like to see a longer form of this match in the future. Yeah, that, I think that would be my thing too. I, I really enjoyed the match as well. Um, I just thought, like, like, oh, when he when he hit the I, when he, honestly when he went up for that recola bomb, I thought he was setting up for a perfectly like, reversal. You know what I mean? And it was yeah. about to launch into the next segment of the match, but it ended up being the end, which is fine. You know what I mean? It wasn't the last match on the show because of the way it ended up being taped. Um, which I'm surprised. You were saying you were surprised that they actually showed it that way and they didn't like re-edit it, but it might be just. That's what I thought they were doing because that's what the crowd was obviously way hotter for these matches. I mean, the crowd was pretty. Well, let's be honest. People were sitting on their hands during. That's the problem with Ring of Honor, uh, being taped beforehand, is people didn't pay to see Ring of Honor, so they don't care about it, and that's a fundamental problem that you always run into. And you know that's just wrestling. They've always had this problem with uh, pre-tapes, unless you have like a super hot fucking crowd, which you know I don't think that crowd was anything spectacular. So, um. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Backstage, Sasha with Sky Blue. She took issue with Athena sticking her nose in everyone's business, bullying the locker room, challenged her to a Ring of Honor women's title match. Uh, Gigi No Reed, that's a dub. Okay, you're up. Best friends, Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and Stu Grayson taking on The Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, and the varsity athletes, Ari Davari, Josh Woods, Tony Nese. Thy kingdom come. All right. Um. Yeah. Uh. So... I like everybody involved. I thought this match was a little bit overbooked. Um, I don't even remember everything that happened. There was so much, and there's so many intersecting like weird stories in here. I, I, again, like I like the kingdom being involved in every episode of the show so far, but I need something. I need a direction for them. The Darius feud was going somewhere, and now it feels like it's starting to get lost in all this nonsense. So I don't. I don't need the Dark Order and the varsity athletes and the best friend. Like, I'm, what, like, where is this going? The best friends were supposed to be challenging the Lucha Bros for the tag titles. Like, what's going on? Like, I have no idea what's happening anymore. Yeah. Just kind of there. Right. Again. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's reel in some of these programs. I think they're, they're running into some trouble here. I, I, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, we can take a second here. I don't think ring of honor has been as good since it's not taped right now, or since it's not in front of the studio ring of honor in front of the studios. Uh, Easily 50,000. I'll say, no, I won't say too much. It's 10 times better. It's 50 times better if you want. Yeah, because I think the people that are there for that show, when they go to those universal tapings, they know what they're getting into. Yeah, they paid I mean? to see Ring of Honor. Yep. There, there's a fundamental difference. So, yeah, that match was whatever. I'm with you. The Righteous came out again. I mean, I, I'm curious where that's going. Hopefully it takes a interesting route. I mean, what if Grayson ends up joining him or something? Or you know, I, I would be cool with that. It'd be a little weird because they just got him back in the Dark Order. The Dark Order keeps losing members, but I don't, you know, whatever. Let's bring the Righteous way. into the Dark Order then. Fuck it. Um, in the back, Dash was with Athena. Blindly assumed she was with the interviewer Alexi Nair. She shoot her away before accepting Sky Rules. Sky Rules. Sky Blues title challenge. Let's go. Uh, Preston Vance, quick little squash match here against Rich Adonis. I thought, you know, it. <laughs> how fitting, right? Preston Vance. Had the most matches on Dark out of anyone other than, I believe, Dante Martin. And now he's uh, working Ring of Honor solo matches like this and picking up quick dubs. I'm cool with it. The uh, Caught him with a wheelbarrow suplex for hitting the big boot. Locked in the full Nelson, spinning, spinning him into the discus lariat for the dub. Was that a new song, by the way, that they gave him? 
It sounds new. I think so. It, it, either it might have been a re-edit or whatever. Either way, heard it in a while. I dig it. Yeah, it might have yeah. been we haven't heard him because he comes he out to the Alfine music so much. Guys, so I think maybe we just haven't heard it in a while. Uh, I, I did miss the uh, the Lucha Mask thing. I don't know why they got rid of that. That's fucking right? it's metal. It's fuck, so metal. Man? Like what the fuck? Ah. They gave him a little bit of personality and then took it right away. Come on, TK. They they literally just want him to be a piece of mayo, which is just so unfortunate. Um, in the back, action and dreading Darius Martin. Uh, talking about their win, they could jump by the kingdom. Those sons are fucking bitches. Uh, they left them laying there, mockingly shaking their hands. Okay, um, my favorite match of the night: Sky Blue defeats Robin Renegade. What do you think of this one? Yeah, I actually like again. I like both of the people here. They put on a really like fun. Did, Robin it was, sorry, it was Robin right? Yeah, Robin Renegade. I think. I mean, I don't know which one of them is actually better between the Renegades, right? But. I, it's Robin. Yeah, okay, fair. No offense oh. to Charlotte. No, Nothing yeah, it is. I'm just asking, you know, because like she did, uh, and she has a couple of times now with random matches with Sky Blue where she was like, you know, feuding with like, they didn't really have a feud, but where they were on TV, you know, playing against each other for a little bit. Um, I think she actually has something as a single star too, not just as like this, you know, like um, not twins, I guess we can't call them twins anymore, but like, you know, like the, uh, we look similar magic. I guess, no, I'm still going to call it twin magic. You know what I mean? Like, you know, whatever. Like, um, yeah. Like, and I mean, hey, when, when you're the Renegade Twins and you're openly getting recruited by Mercedes Monet to join you, I mean, I think I think people know that you're good, right? Mercedes yeah, I, I hope that means that now Mercedes has her eyes on Sky Blue because I'm sure if she's paying attention to them, she's paying attention to her now. So that'd be pretty and cool. And if you debut Mercedes on AEW with the Renegades, the Renegades stock literally reaches levels that it, I, I couldn't explain to you because – Merce- anyone that goes near Mercedes is money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Brian Cage defeated Bork Anderson. I got nothing for this one. Uh, yeah, th- this Larry was a match. Drill call. This was this was a, a squash. It was annoying. Um, hey, I got I got. Hey, you know what I did though? While I, while I was watching him get his ass kicked, I came up with the perfect. You know how I was calling him the armed, armed and dangerous. I was like, hmm, what would their gimmick names be? Oh, no. The young gun, Brock Anderson. What do you think of that? I mean, it fits, right? I'm cool with it. And then wait for it. The gunslinger, Brian Pillman Jr. (laughs) Okay. I like it. (laughs) That works, actually. All right. um, You got this one. Willow Nightingale, Steph Delander. Bro, I don't have shit. This match was... um, Uh, first of all, Ricky Bones, spitting fire, you know, I just sounded Bones. so white. Um, but Ricky Bones, that's my new R- Ricky Bones. Anyway, uh, Rick Boney is fucking Rick Boney, man. Fucking Rick Boney. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. A uh, couple of beautiful ladies uh, throwing each other around and just having a fun match. That's all I wrote in my notes. That's all I'm going to say. Is, this match was worth the sub. <laughs> this match is worth the 10 bucks. But you heard it here first. Um, no, who are we? God damn, how do you pay attention during this match, Charlie? Uh, hey, Willow's just on another level right now. No, yeah, she's actually really good. I'm, I'm joking, but damn, man. Just like, God damn. I like seeing Steph. I, I hope yeah, Steph Delander, I, 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 like- I actually seen her on Twitter, and that's all I'd seen her, was like replying to stuff on Twitter. And I was like, I wonder how good this person actually is, you know? Yeah, and Willow's uh, pretty good. Yeah, so hell yeah. Big ass build. How many? We need more giant women. The, uh, giant women. We need more like huge, gigantic muscle women in AEW. That's, that's what I want. You know what I mean? So bring it on. Some might say muscle mommies. Okay. Yeah, some muscle mommies, um, indeed. Main event, dude. Dude. Angelico 
Commander. Are you fucking kidding me? This was made for me. Um, I love this. This it does seem like a match that we would have seen on PWG, Dude, doesn't it? This feels like something I would have booked. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I would have been like, well, we need an helico being used. And we need, I want Commander. Why not put them together? And Helico's good. People need to realize this. Uh, no, this was a lot of fun. Um, and <laughs> kind of towards the end here. And Helico's going for that Razor's Edge. Commander reverses it into a Sunset Bomb for a near fall. Uh, Commander hit a Rise Up Rana for a near fall. And Helico rode to the floor. Commander followed him out. Hit the Rope Walk Plancha. Back in the ring, Commander hit a Rope Walk Shooting Star Press for the win. I mean, this was fucking... I, this is just a little bit of fun. It's all the fun I needed. You know? You know? So... Yeah, I think I think people will often be like, "Why would you put in Helico against like a lucha high flyer?" The thing is, though, like he literally does that agave submission wrestling Mexican wrestling style. So like it, that, it's going to complement that's the that's the kind I would assume that's the heel style of wrestling over in Mexico to complement the sort of you know like how what, what Roosh does is so different than I reason I imagine that guy is so popular is because he's a hard hitting fucking like brawler in a company country of people that do flips and shit you know what i mean you know what i mean it's like so it, it stands out you know what i mean like yeah it's it's a fitting spot for him all right that being said i think it's time we jump into some uh aew dynamite here i like those odds aew 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 so we cover them we cover the opening match um, Renee Paquette is backstage with Jack Perry and Darby Allen to talk about the main event tag match. Perry said he and Allen may not like each other, but they busted their ass to get to this moment. Allen said he doesn't care how they get there, but they will get to the first AW pay-per-view main event. Tonight is the showtime. Kind of sounded like I was having a stroke reading that. I apologize, but you got the gist of it. <laughs> Security's escorting Adam Cole from, uh, from the arena with Jericho barking orders to get him out. Baker showed up, slapped the shit out of Jericho knocking him down as she was taken away from security. And Jericho kind of, he had a couple funny lines there. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> it is still Chris Jericho. I hate Missouri. I hate Missouri. Um, Blackpool Combat Club. They're back. They're in the back. Danielson said he's better than any wrestler in the world today, unless it's one man that stood, stand by him. Danielson hopes Yuta is better than him someday as the BCC is about bringing out the best professional wrestlers possible. Unlike the elite. Bro, my favorite part of this was when he compared himself to Bret Hart and Mox just went, oh shit. <laughs> Moxley said they are just blades searching for pieces of iron to sharpen each other. That's so metal. That's also kind of romantic. Um, no, the elite should thank them as high level, high levels equal bigger devils. Moxley brings up the steel cage match against Kenny Omega next week. Said their feuds in 2009 might as might as well have been a decade ago since this is a new Moxley, one who will leave one hell of a mark on Omega. And I saw Will Washington talking, uh, I believe, yesterday about Moxley and Omega is one of AEW's like biggest feuds ever. It's it's one of their most important rivalries, and the fact that we're bringing it back, uh. And running it back here in a steel cage in a different format, completely different than when we used to. I'm just thinking, man, this is special. I'm very excited for this on Wednesday. Um, anything from any, I guess it's all just been promos, right? So uh, what do you think of their little setup there? With, you know, kind of 
other sitting there. Yeah, the this is exactly what I was hoping for from this group because, like, you never know what you're going to get because Moxie was doing those backstage promos with the bleeding and stuff like that. That's sort of halfway between a heel and a face that he was doing against Hangman, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so you don't know how they're going to play it because depending on the day, you can play Moxie one way or the other just depending on how the crowd goes with him. So the fact that they're leaning fully into everyone being a bad guy, and let's be honest, it, Danielson never stopped being a heel at any point in his time in AEW. It was just our perception of him that changed. He's correct about that, you know what I mean? So um it was just whether or not we cheered him kicking the heads of certain people in now he's doing it to people we like like the elite so it's it, it's it's just brilliant wrestling storytelling you know yeah it really is okay we had our next match here soraya defeats willow nightingale uh what'd you uh what'd you think of this match and uh you know I think they're just starting to realize what a great talent they have in Willow, and I think they put her in spots like this. I mean, obviously, she's part of this group of feud right now, but they're also using her in Ring of Honor. They just know how valuable of an asset Willow is, and they don't want to lose her to, like, another company or something like that. Because imagine if, like, Stardom or somebody like that got a, hard, a hold of, of Willow. You know what I mean? Like, they would just – that she'd be a star there, and she'd never come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, now she's wrestling that New Japan show, so that's going to be cool to see, too. Um, Yeah, post-match, the outcasts are beating down Willow. Hikaru Shida makes her return. Uh, Will Washington's first big thing. Uh, with a kendo stick, she hesitated. Did you smirked. see Shida on AEW today, bro? I didn't. I need to get around to that one. Oh, my God. Um, bro. Okay, I'll just say this. Spoilers. Small spoiler. RJ City asked her if she'd been, because she's been an, she's an actor, which I didn't know. Um, he was like, you're an actor and you became a pro wrestler. You're going the wrong way. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, RJ's fucking hilarious, bro. Uh, pretty much he's saying, you know, she grabbed the spray paint. She's about to tag Willow. But Jamie and Britt appeared from behind. She just smirked. It was all a ruse. Saraya was spray painted in the face, choked with a kendo stick. The outcasts were all laid out. And she just sprayed A-E-W on all three. Was the double yeah. fake out too much? I actually think it worked really well. I bought it. And I guess it's all about buying it, right? Because Soraya was say buddy you, buddy. You bought in. You you were double or nothing. You went all in. You're all out. <laughs> I was, and you um, kicked it into full gear. I kicked it in the full gear. I kicked something in the full. You gear. started the revolution. But, uh, but yeah, it, I I actually bought it for a second because I was rem- I was remembering like, you know what? I mean, she was a little buddy buddy with Tony and Soraya when this whole thing started. I you want to get some real heat into this? Let's get Sheeta heel. I kind of like the idea of that, and then they took it from us, and I was like, oh, I'm still cool with this. House of Black is in the back. They said the trio's titles were tainted, so they introduced the open house. I gotta say, I love the... I don't know if it was just the lighting, but that's the new belt design. I love that. I believe it is... uh, There is some black on the belt, so I think it looks good. Uh, Any three competitors can team up for a title shot, but under house rules. 20-second countouts. No rope breaks and DQs will be enforced. Julia Hart welcomed us all to the open house. I fucking love this. Of yeah, course, I'm, I'm sold. This is amazing. I this this could be a six month title reign if they're going to do this. Yes, yes. All give me all the matches, including best friends of Bandito next week. Uh, the Trace De Mayo trios battle royale. The battle royale itself was fine. Um, it was a little you know, messy. There's one thing that mattered to me in this battle royale, Charlie. That we got the Lucha Bros teamed up with El Hijo del Vikingo. What a fucking trio! That is an incredible trio, and they didn't win the match, surprisingly. No, not surprisingly at all. Come on. The acclaimed Billy Gunn won the match. I have said for a little bit, I think this is the match for House of Black at Double or Nothing. 
it seems to be lining up like that. It just makes sense. You can the acclaim can fit wherever you want it to, right? But yeah, the yeah, and that team good. of Buddy, uh, Brody, and fucking Malachi can give those guys the best match of their career. Oh yeah, I mean, my God, some of these fucking well, well I, maybe I, not Billy. Billy might have had a crazy match at some point, but you know what I'm saying, like. Hey, it's just you never know with these guys now what what they can get out of them. Okay, Renee is backstage with Sammy Guevara, who didn't say anything before MJF interrupted. Guevara said he saw the footage from last week and MJF bailed on him. MJF started fake crying, cited his bad back and needed room. Guevara smooched him on the forehead and said he should have never doubted MJF. They both hugged, knowing full well each other is full of crap. I gotta say, I like our wrestlers acknowledging that what happened on the TV. It's not that hard, and you know what? Every wrestler should watch the fucking program, so it makes his other stuff make a little bit more sense. Well, it also, like, if you were sussed out, like, his wife literally went to him on Rampage and said, bro, you should not trust this guy, you know what I mean? And then so yeah. maybe he made him go back and look, you know what I mean? He was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'll go like, look and see if, if he was really, you know, because I couldn't see the angle, but I could see there was a camera there. I, that's reasonable. Yeah. So, okay, Kenny Omega and Don Callis are backstage talking about Mox's plan next week in the Steel Cage. Callus had the camera zoomed in on his stitches, said he had to look at that every day because of what Moxley did to him. Every day, Callus remembers that Moxley could have the hardest hands in wrestling. But with Callus' brain and Omega's talent, Moxley will find out it'll all come to an end. Omega said Moxley might make them both bleed in the cage, but everything comes to an end in Detroit next week. Moxley made it personal from what it did to the Bucks, Takeshita, and Callus. I mean, I don't think the delivery here was like all that fantastic from everyone involved. I got the point of the promo. It just felt like. I don't know. I, again, I can't it, it worked it for me. I, I, I can see what you're better. saying. You know what? Just I, I just I don't know. It didn't. Uh, I kind of found myself a little bored of it, if that makes sense. But but the point they were trying to get across, I believe, got across. So, um, yeah. But you were saying you didn't mind it. Uh, you didn't feel the same. Yeah, like I did. I, I it wasn't that I didn't feel the same. I just I you know I it didn't bother me as much. Like I okay. I don't know. I'm not expecting um. Kenny and Don Callis to come out and cut like a soliloquy in like a backstage segment. You know what I mean? But then again, maybe they should be. I don't know. Yeah, it's just we don't get too much Kenny Omega promo time anymore. And I was just like, really? This is the route we went? But it's all right. He didn't even say the catchphrase, really. No. Uh, Wardlow defeats Logan the Rue. Uh, he called out Christian and Luchasaurus for an open challenge. Uh, Luchasaurus comes out. We're all like, oh, cool. We're finally getting the match. He said it belongs to Cage. Cage said it belongs to himself. <sighs> Anything you got? I mean, it is, it's a money match. It's a money match I could give a fuck about, but it is a money match, I would agree. I, I mean, be like, honest. If, if they I at give least Goldberg a match at, 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 at Wembley, what do you think it's going to be? Who do you think what? he's going to be Sorry. facing? Who do I think Wardlow's going to be facing? No, who do you think if they, if they give, if they give um, Goldberg a match at, at Wembley, which is the rumor that I keep hearing? Oh God! I keep hearing it. I know. Um, you know, it's, it's out there. Just, yeah. If Goldberg's at All In or at some other AEW show, who do you think they're putting him against? They're putting him against Wardlow, obviously. Yeah. That one would make the most sense. So, but really, we're doing all this, and Luchasaurus not even get in the title match. This better be a swerve out, and they actually do Luchasaurus at the pay per view, not fucking Christian. Come on, man. Seriously. I don't know. This caught me like really. Christian. No, was yeah, just I was fucking, shocked when they did this. Christian I had was no, just I fucking did, buried I would never at the last pay per view. 
He was buried. And now he's walking out demanding a TNT title shot? Go fuck yourself. There's no way. That should not be the angle they're running with. I'm sorry. They're already, this world title race is already fucking stupid again. This is ridiculous. Just make it feel like it was worth taking it off Hobbs now? Yeah, exactly. Now, what the fuck's he doing? Beating the shit out of everyone, looking like a badass. And now we got Wardlow fighting Christian, who was literally just buried. What the fuck was the point of that match? Does anyone know? What Christian and Jungle Boy buried alive. Just for Christian Cage to get a title match? His next opportunity? What? Yeah, no, it, this is just a TK fucking it's bong a, it's rip a fucking, moment. It's a clear oversight. I hope it's a ruse, and then I'll walk back everything I'm just saying. Okay. No, this is, this is a TK bong rips bong moment. I hope so. Maybe I hope not. I don't know. Anyways, the next segment made me happy. Jay, Jay Lethal sat them saying Sanjay Dutt and Jeff Jarrett went to the farm. This was so fucking wholesome. This was awesome. Yeah, I know. This was great. Papa Briscoe um, coming at the end being like, don't trust the one, the, the stupid idiot in the overalls. Which one? Which one? Uh, yeah, no. Mark Briscoe's house in Sandy Fork, Delaware. They went to the farm to help him in good faith. Um, there's so many little funny one-liners. Jeff Jarrett's like, oh, what a cute little girl. And you just hear Briscoe. Satnam Singh just fucking Boy. looking dapper as fuck in the overalls. Satnam Singh looks That man so... looks fucking class no matter what he's wearing. He does. And him holding the baby were a fun shot. Uh, they were just fun. Jarrett was about to serenade everyone with my baby tonight. There's so many fun... Guys, this is two and a half minutes. Seriously, uh, AW already uploaded the whole thing on YouTube. Go, go watch this. This is worth your time. Um, but, you know, they're trying to get... Charlie, they, if they I kinda... had told you when Jeff Jarrett debuted that we were going to have him on weekly AWTV and he was going to be a highlight of a lot of weeks, what would you would you have believed I wouldn't me? have believed you. I, I, at the time, I would have been like, well, you're taking away TV time from the young talent. But in reality, he's putting more TV time on the talent with him. I mean, think about and how we would never see Jay Lethal. We didn't see Jay Lethal for months. We wouldn't see, see I mean? Jay Lethal. We wouldn't see Satnam. Satnam's fucking debut was a goddamn nightmare. I mean, Tony Khan do even address it like, yeah, I've made, I, I, I've learned from what I did here. Maybe I should, you know, reel it down a little bit. But all said and done, you know, Jeff Jarrett just wanted to go fishing with Mark. And uh, this is so wholesome. We, uh, we talked more. I talked more for more than the fucking segment was. But, yes, it was very enjoyable. And <laughs> you nailed it with the idiot line. <laughs> Um, the match that was almost my favorite, Ricky Starks defeated Juice Robinson. Take it away here. What do you think of this as we finally got our match between Ricky and Rock? All right. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> let me sorry, pull up my notes. All right. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm like scrolling like five million pages back. All right, five billion jadillion. Uh oh, there was a really fun, unique spot in this match. So fucking Ricky Starks loves to do this like crazy stuff, like in his matches. He just throws out there like, like nobody does. I don't know if Ricky's just like really smart, Ricky, but he's fucking. Um, so there was a body slam. He got up on the steps. He pulled the steps away from the ring, from the post. You know what I mean? And then he got up on them with a body slam position, and then body slammed him off the steps. That's just that. That was just smart. I don't know if someone's done that before. If they have, well, fucking great for you. But when Ricky did it, it was better. So fuck you. Um, yeah, uh, I thought they both sold their asses off. Ricky's spear looked like a fucking dream. Um, this is a great win for him. He needed this, uh, you know, after getting screwed and then being fucking yes. with him for like all these weeks. Bullet Club Gold, does it, it's not going to hurt them to take this loss here. You know, Juice. Fuck no. 
yep. Deuce, this, you know, got his back by beating the shit out of him afterward. You know what I mean? So the exact um, scenario we talked about last week, Ricky gets the win. Jay White lays the beat down and we look forward to Jay White, Ricky Starks at yep. double or nothing. 100%. They both deserve a singles match. Bro, it's and so surreal. They, you talk about Roddy being on. This is surreal. Having fucking Jay White on tagging with Juice as Bullet Club Gold in AEW. This is a in, different vibe. To AEW. We're living in Dreamland right now, bro. This is insane. With Adam Cole returning, Bandito, Commander, Jay White, now Roddy El Hio Del Vikingo on yes. Ring of Honor all the time. Like, oh, this is on, AEW uh, now. Dynamite Rampage oh. this week. Like, you name it. It is dude. We are blessed with, with so much talent in AEW right we now. We can afford another two-hour show, and it's going to be oh, awesome. It's going to be beautiful. The uh, History of the Firm is a show. We already talked about all this. Um, okay, there's a there's a backstage segment here between Darby Allen and Jack Perry. Long story short, MJF kind of tries to manipulate everyone. Darby leaves the room, and MJF is trying to offer him a spot next to the throne. Says he's not world championship material. Um, Perry said he doesn't want to be next to the throne. He wants the, the whole fucking crown. I didn't say that. Alan walked back in as MJF left, and Alan's like, "What? The, what's you know? What's this all about? What's the bis?" And nothing. So, you know, MJF stirring the pot. This was actually a fun little segment before the match. I thought, oh, yeah, it's good to sow the doubt because honestly, like as weird as it sounds, like I wouldn't want it to be Sammy versus him. Obviously, the ankle would be the same. He's not going to fucking lay down. He's going to you know fight him. But like, I could that match would still work. But I think. Everybody wanted it to be the other match, so but you got to so you got to have that suspension of disbelief even for just one match. You know what I mean? Like, agreed. Okay, main event of the evening: <clears throat> Jack Perry, Darby Allen defeat AEW World Champion MJF and Sammy Guevara in a four pillars tag match i wonder if this is the first match he's lost since he won the championship i bet it is since he's won the title i believe so yes that's pretty cool so the aw championship match at a double or nothing is official we have a pillars four-way oh you know what i didn't i didn't clarify enough during the uh one match shit that's my bad during the farm segment pretty much lethal and Jarrett locked it in that they're gonna face ftr Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We said last week, we were like, we need to get more matches locked in. And seemingly, we got two locked in this tonight. So, good stuff. What did you think of the match? Um, I I, got to hear it because I'm I'm a little surprised neither of us picked this as our favorites. But we haven't talked about this match either. But it's not like it was a bad match. So, what what do you got from this in our Four Pillars tag match? Sure. It's a fast-paced Matt wrestling to start between everybody. Um, Darby choked out, or sorry, choked MJF and Sammy with the scarf. Uh, I thought the match had some good structure to it, and they did all a really good selling all around. Um, the the code red reverse to do a power bomb was just like blessed spot. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, because that code red spot is something you see in every Darby match, but then seeing it get like caught reversed around, flipped to do a power bomb, and it just seemed perfect. Like, you know, you have four of the best young wrestlers in the world in the ring. You're gonna get some crazy stuff. Um, I like Darby hitting the coffin drop to win the match. I don't, I don't know if Darby's needed to win, but every now and then it just feels like oh, we haven't seen Darby win something cool in a while. So give give him something big. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I, you know, like I just I like that he was going to hit it whether Jack moved or not. That's like nice storytelling adding there. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, also it's because he's reckless, but I mean also because he was a little pissed at Jack. He was like, you know what? Fuck it. If you don't move out of the way, I'm hitting it. You know, get out of the fucking way, Jack. 
Yeah, I don't know. Get the fuck uh, out of the way, bro. Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot written down. Like, it's not. I didn't like uh, take like extensive notes in this match or anything. But I just thought there was a lot of really fun stuff in this match, and yeah, I thought and- it told the story that it needed to. And MJF's reaction to it being a fatal four way is one of the. I mean, that should be a gift. You know what I mean? It was a fantastic reaction. Couldn't agree more. Okay. AW Rampage time, our final show of the night. We open us up with Lucha Brothers and El Hijo del Vikingo defeating QTV, Powerhouse Hobbs, Aaron Mar- Aaron Marshall, Aaron Solo, and QT Marshall, and with Harley Cameron. I gotta say, this trio, it, I really enjoy it. I really like it. I like Aaron Solo in this spot. I've said forever, QT, it, he knows how to put anyone in a match over, and that's a fucking talent. It's a fucking talent, and I I really enjoyed the shit out of this man. Vikingo got in his stuff. Lucha Brothers looked great. Powerhouse Hobbs came across as a fucking badass, and you know he he wants to go back to what you know. On QTV, they also kind of made it clear like he he has a direction last week, and he wants to go. And I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe it's these ta- tag team titles now. I don't know. Uh, we have our current ROA Tag Team Champions on the show here. So, yeah. Um, Lucha Brothers finished off solo with a Fear Factor for the dub. And, you know, I saw some people saying Hobbs no longer feels special. He feels like he's, you know, a guy in QT's group. But, again, I think that's just people, again, downplaying QT Marshall. They just – they don't – I don't think people understand just how good he is. And Well, the problem was with, with QT was that he would be on TV, and I think he was a lot more at the beginning of AEW, it seems like, but as as we talked about uh, offline earlier, that there's been like a slow push for the last couple of years for Tony, because he knows what gets the ratings on TV, to start only using the things to get ratings on TV, which means a lot of people just aren't on TV anymore, which is a really harsh way to put it, but it's the, it's clearly the truth, you know? Um and so QT was one of those people that he's just, he's on every six months or something like that. And he'll be on a random, put somebody over. He did it with CM Punk when CM Punk was uh, around. He did it with uh, various other young talents that were on the rise at different points. It, so he's been looked, I think, about by the audience and by the, the viewing audience at home. That is just kind of like not a serious talent to take, even though he trains a lot of the wrestlers you see talent. like on TV, you know, like. I really think there's just it's it's shocking to me what people's opinions sometimes are of QT, and I just think you know they should see his diamond cutter re- reversals for, like from dark. They just insane. But, but there's also people that really don't understand you know how much having someone in there that's able to sell and make you look like a millionaire it really helps. And I think that's why people. Also so like I think that's the biggest thing that Helico did on Ring of Honor for um for uh, Commander this week. You know, was yeah. he just made him look like a superstar. And I think that's QT's biggest fucking benefit that he has to anybody. And I think by being in proximity to Hobbs, he makes Hobbs a bigger star, whether people think he does or not, you know, like, because everyone knows that he's a star maker. I mean, if you know, you know, anyway. So I don't know. Yeah. Agreed. Um, pretty much some stuff from MJF, yada, yada, yada. I couldn't really make out what it was. Um, Lexi and Aaron interviewed Chris Jericho at his locker room. Jericho will not work for Rampage tonight because he needs some insurances that he'll be safe from another attack from Adam Cole. Jericho said he doesn't want to be in the same building as Cole, which, uh, you know, kind of sounds like a lot of the actual problems AW's having with some other people. Yeah, it feels like this is the storyline planting this, the seed uh, for them to split the shows, which is like, I really hope they're just like teasing everybody and it's not actually what's I happening. But I it- agree. I hope it's a tease, but I got the same vibe. I'm like, oh God, is Jericho really just going to go to collision with the JAS? 
Oh no, don't lock them all up. Yeah, I, I am. But yeah, um, our next match, TBS champion Jade Cargill with Layla Gray defeated Gia Scott, graduate of the ROH Dojo. She was uh, one of the ones on Dark that we really liked. I like her more in of ROH. Pump kick, jaded, match is over. Jade's 57 and 0. I mean, I don't know. I guess we had this match. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was just a random squash for Jade. You're trying to get that streak it's up. It's just a quick enhancement for her, I guess, right? The live crowd likes to see her. So it works for what it is. I'd love for them to do something like just nuts with Jade at Forbidden Door. Just have like a stardom fucking. Like Maya Iwatani after losing the title or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It'd be some nuts match for her to have just a forbidden door for like no reason at all. literally do like a Team AEW versus Team Stardom type vibe and get Jade in there just to get her like – I'd you know be down for that. Team AEW has the, to win. Team her up with, team, with, the, uh, with the outcasts and uh, I don't know. Who else would it be? Like Nyla Rose or something or Marina yeah. Shapiro would be cool too. Mark Briscoe versus Preston Vance. Take it away here. What did you think of uh, this match? I like the matchup here. Uh yeah absolutely uh so I yeah I mean Preston Vance getting an actual opportunity to show off what he can do a little bit you know against somebody who's got more <clears throat> ability to actually have like a match with them that they're gonna give the time a little bit to um Mark Briscoe almost killed himself on that chair dive um yeah he's okay though I think uh the Jr occasionally will have a gem that he says this is this is his one for this one was sustained violence which I think is a perfect description for uh, what Preston Vance is doing you know um the selling was off the chain I think from both of them I think I, again I talk about Preston Vance being a freak and a monster all that but he's actually really good at selling for a big guy you know which is not always something they can all do because it's they're big dudes you know like Wardlow does it well I think Cobbs does it well to an extent um but some of the other big guys, they just you know, it's not their thing. You know, I I wouldn't expect Keith Lee to be like flopping like a fish, although I think he can, you know. But like, I wouldn't expect him to be, you know. So <laughs> yeah, um, I'd expect you know Cole Carter to be sleeping with the fishes, but that's a whole different thing, you know. Um, I, I love the man up chance. It's just a cool chant that the Briscoes had, man. Like, ah, uh, it's just it good is. stuff. And then uh, the chairs being thrown around by Vance. I mean, just a really fun match, you know. Trying to avoid the cheating, trying to you know. Um, to get Mark Briscoe, catch him off guard, you know. I don't know. I just like I, I really like Mark. What, what Mark Briscoe is doing right now. Um, I do wish we had something more for Preston Vance to do. I think until Andrade gets back, he's kind of on pause, which sucks, you know. I don't know. Maybe they're gonna tag him together or something, and then Roosh is gonna be the singles guy. Get some, get but... some LFI trios, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it could be. They could be wanting to run LFI as a trio. Run him with tags with Roosh or Jolistico. It works. I mean, yeah, yeah. I liked that trio when they ran it one time, but I saw it right um, back. So we didn't have a lot of singles matches this week on AEW. And I, you know, it's something I don't normally even mention, but it did stick out a little bit to me. And I thought these guys in a singles match that was unlike, these guys had a match unlike any other match we saw on AEW this week. That's fair. And I actually really enjoyed it. It, to me, it showed off Briscoe, um, Vance, something similar to QT. And I mean, I guess, he also teaches at the Nightmare uh, Academy of Wrestling, the Cody Rhodes and QT school. It, Preston Vance is the teacher there. And it makes sense. The guy knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how to make everyone look good that he's in the ring with. I hope a new show benefits people like Preston Vance into getting more time now on actual television. Maybe next week we'll talk about, you know, now that we've addressed that Dark is gone. Maybe next week we'll have like a rundown of some guys like 
we'll just kind of name them off like Lee Johnson or, or Cole Carter and be like, you know, these guys were mainstays on dark. Where do they go from here? You know, and we'll, we'll do that with a bunch of guys uh, and, and ladies next week. And we'll kind of figure that out. But yeah, uh, Briscoe's family came in the ring to celebrate. I thought that was really nice. And Lexi and Aaron interviewed Dustin Rhodes, which was interrupted by the Mogul Embassy, blindsiding him. Keith Lee ran him off. And it sounds like they're building up to the Dynamite on August or uh, May 17th in Austin, Texas. So cool stuff there. I like I like building up matches a couple weeks out. And it, yep. Swerve and Keith Lee needed to get on TV again this week. You oh, can't yeah. just keep doing them one week, taking three off, doing them one. No, no, no. It's got to be back to back now. We got to we gotta sell this thing home for double or nothing. It's about time they have their fucking, their, you know. Yeah, we need this card to start coming together a little bit. You know, I'm starting to see the pieces, but I, I would like to actually like get some concrete stuff in the next couple of weeks. And speaking of concrete, let's talk about next week's Dynamite. And let's, uh, we'll close our show with this. Holy shit. Next week's Dynamite. This is quite literally a pay-per-view. And our main event, Steel Cage match, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. It doesn't get any bigger than that. AW International Championship match. Orange Cassidy defends against Daniel Garcia, the Rizzler. The Rizzler, indeed. AW Trios Championship. House rules. The House of Black defends against Bandito and Best Friends. Give it to me. Ugh. No holds barred. Anna JAS versus Julia Hart. Let him cook. Uh, the match rampage showed some really potential. This feud's been building. Anna J might have a talent for these kinds of matches because she's been in a couple I, over the last year, and they were both bangers. So agreed. Let them cook. Let them go. Oh, she broke her fucking back in one. And, for and hey, guess guess what? This is another women's feud with no title involved. Little things. It's little things we ask for, and we're we get them. We're starting to get them more and more. And Tony Khan posted on Twitter. He said, "I've been racking my brain all night trying to find the match." And he finally found it. And son of a bitch, he did it. The double jeopardy match. Ring of Honor world champion Claudio Castagnoli versus Ring of Honor tag team champion Ray Phoenix. Uh, this was a match I didn't know I needed until now. And now it's all I think about. Ray Phoenix is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Claudio Castagnoli has been fantastic in the Bull, uh, Black Bull Combat Club. Ray Phoenix wins this match. Yeah. And he I, challenges yeah. Claudio for the ROH world championship. Right? I mean, that, I mean the, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that would be a great I, – I mean, I think either way. I think even if Claudio wins, he challenged – him and Wheeler challenging – they teased them ta- challenging for the tag titles back prior to them uh, – prior to uh, them both losing their titles once after that. You know what I mean? So, like – I, I cannot believe the matches we have next week. So, but either way, that, that even if, even if Phoenix matches. loses, that still sets up a huge match. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's it like. Does. Um, FTR will be on television. They were responding to Jay Lethal's challenge. We get FTR. Perfect. And we'll hear from Christian Cage. Boo. Don't care. All right. But yeah, that's next week. I'm pretty excited for that. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be a fun-ass <laughs> fucking week. We're going to pay-per-view so, on TV. I heard somebody say the reason why that them and the WWE are doing this is because of the NBA stuff. And that it's like in, all in vain. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the trends seem to show... For AEW that I think a lot of AEW fans are sports fans and they tend to sometimes favor sports over AEW. And next week, it's it's a big week for them. Let's see. Well, if well not to be that guy, in. but if you're like into sports sports, but you're also like a side wrestling fan, like I, I could see you being like, well, real sport yeah, you're, versus you're fake sport, you know, these. like I, I could see you making that. I'm not saying I would do that. I actually have made if, the opposite. If my team before. was in the playoffs and, you know, it was the uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs here and, 
seven o'clock on on Wednesday. You know, it's the Blackhawks facing someone, which you know Blackhawks won't be in the playoffs for a little bit. But that's okay. Yeah, who would the Blackhawks be Black losing Hawks. to in that instance? No, I'm just kidding. I would uh, I would 100 be tuning into the Blackhawks game. And if I had the Chicago Bulls in the playoffs, I'd be tuning into them over AW. I, just, I, I, and I cover the show. I love wrestling. I, I absolutely love it. But even I would do that. So if I would do it, that shows me a lot of people would. So, and I think it, I, there is a correlation. And some people, you know, want to use it to dog on them. And that is what it is. We actually went a little early right now. Um, speaking of some stuff we watched, uh, we got around to some uh, other matches this week. You and I did. We caught up on some uh, the intergalactic jet setters taking on Catch Twenty Two, um, Kevin Knight and Kushida. I am loving this fucking tag team, and uh, we, you know, I remember you specifically when we were doing the LA Dojo versus AW Dark stuff, kind of where there's the factory versus LA Dojo. We would talk about guys in there, and we were like, you know, Clark Connors looked really good. Kevin Knight, he looked athletic. Holy shit is his athleticism on a display in Japan right now. Right? I mean, come on. So yeah, this is an example be... of like when, when the dojo got released at the same time as their as their four excursion guys, you know what I mean, going around. It yeah. was like a perfect storm where New Japan was just like, we're just gonna show off all this shit that you guys aren't gonna have for like the next five years because we're gonna have all these guys locked down. And I, I honestly love that. Um, we saw the Mercedes match against uh, it was Tom Nakano, no Mai Watani. and holy shit, that match was fucking good. Yeah, I, it was my first Mai Watani match, but oh my god, am I gonna probably watch like every Mai Watani match now? Holy, especially because she has the—I mean, spoiler, she won the title, but shit, you know what I mean? Like, exactly, it was just very good, and um, yeah. So, anything else we caught that I'm completely missing? I, I mean, do, do you want to say, like, does 60-some days feel, like, a little short for, for Mercedes' title reign, or does that feel right? I don't even know. That feels right. I, I Honestly, I think I am in the team of, uh, I think they did make this new title for her. I think she's going to win it. <laughs> as funny as that is to say, I think she wins this new uh, New Japan Strong Women's title. And I think we see her a little bit more in America with it. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. Again, I'm still, again, a very, I'm optimistic about her and AW. There's no proof to that at all, but I just – she's my favorite women's wrestler of all time, and I would like her in my favorite company. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I'm a little sad about Dark. Uh, we didn't really get too much into it earlier, but I enjoyed it. I'm going to disappoint you. I got to be honest with you. I was sick of watching it every week. It did get repetitive at the end, and I, I can't help but agree with that, but there was a time when – AW Dark, it served its purpose when, and I just, I'm sad it's gone because I we were getting feuds, we were getting all of our younger wrestlers on it, getting their reps, and now that's entirely gone. I mean, we just did that whole DDT thing, and like that's not happening on television now, so that's unfortunate. It's just it sucks, and I, I what happens now with those uh, international matches like Packhead or Thunder Rosa against Muya Mashta? That match doesn't happen now, so it's weird. But um, we move on, and now we got five hours of television. And yeah, we're about an hour and twenty now, so now's a good time to stop it. Thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show again. AW Mock Draft Dynamite vs Collision. If you're still interested in more wrestling, check that out. If this is your first time with us, 
Thanks for hanging out. Um, we got a couple podcasts coming at you this month. Next week we do Eat Sleep Elite. The following week we got the Resurgence and Eat Sleep Elite, and then the week after that is Double or Nothing, where we do like three or four shows in a weekend. We'll also be covering the best of Super Juniors. So, yeah, thank you again, and uh, everyone take care. Have a good one. Thank you.